If you're a tattoo artist and you're listening to the show, we've got a product that we think you should go and check out. Our buddy Gabe over at Tattoo Now has been setting up this extensive package for anyone who is in the business, and it's it's amazing. Uh, we're not getting paid for this this spot. We're doing this because we actually really just believe in the software and the service that Gabe offers. The Tattoo Now Business Suite uh, comes in three different packages ranging anywhere from $99 a month up to $400 a month, and it's amazing. You'll get not only a professional CRM and client database where you'll never lose contacts again, right? It keeps everything in one space. It's easy to fill cancellations because everything is just right in front of your face. There's marketing that's attached to it. You also have integrations with like Google My Business and with your Facebook, Instagram, any of your other social medias, and you can do it all from one place. So if you're like Brian and you have all of these different social media accounts, it's all in one space. You can post to them just from one spot. So you don't have to have 50 different apps, you know, trying to keep track of everything. It's it's amazing. And that's just for the base package. I mean, if you start getting higher end on this stuff, like up to the, the premium one, I mean, you get one-on-one time with Gabe. And I mean, if you don't know of his past, I mean, first go back and listen to the show, but also just know that this dude knows what he's doing. That is more than 20 years just doing the tech side of stuff, but also he owned one of the most successful shops on the planet. And it's just amazing to have that wealth of knowledge at your fingertips. So why don't you head over to the Tattoo Now website and uh, fill out a request to have a talk with them. We'll have a link down in the show description, but if you're not somebody who likes to read that stuff, you can go to longevity.tattoonow.com forward slash two dudes. One word, two dudes is the affiliate link. You can go over there and uh, hit Gabe up. I mean, trust me, if if you hit this up and, and you take advantage of this, it's going to help your business. Streamline your stuff and give you more free time. Anyways, on to the show. Welcome to a tattoo podcast, a podcast about tattooing. The name fits, doesn't it? Um, my name is Ryan. I'll be your host uh, for today. You can you can find me online at bettertattooing.com or any of the other better tattooing stuff all over the web. Uh, this week, we've got Ben Shaw from the APT on. And uh, initially, I reached out to Ben, well, the APT in general, uh, just to start talking about the history of the organization. And uh, Ben wrote back quickly. Uh, we scheduled a thing, and uh, he sent me some notes before we got on. And uh, he wanted to talk about something a little bit different than the APT. And I'm not going to be one of those people like, I didn't know what was going on. Oh, I totally knew what was going on. <laughs> uh, ben and I share maybe differing views on this stuff that we discuss in here, you know, regulation and, and things about the industry. Um, so I, I just was like, dude, like, why don't you just come on and talk? It's kind of not really a debate, uh, but you can tell that both of us have very strong beliefs in, in where we're coming from from each side. So the one thing that we do get agree with is that tattooers need to be a little bit more engaged <laughs> in what's happening around them. So this is our talk about uh, regulations. And uh, it doesn't really fit with the theme of this this year. In fact, I was even thinking about just not putting it out for a while. Because I didn't know, <clears throat> I didn't know if it would fit with the format and all this other stuff. But I don't know. It, it, I, I think it's kind of interesting hearing two people that evidently care about what they do talk about something kind of heavy, you know. So, and Ben's a good guy. I mean, like even just past the taco, he's just super fucking chill, dude. You know. Uh, I think that that's it's something that we we all inside this industry you know clients tattooers academics everything we all need to kind of get together to understand more what we are doing with our bodies because right now it's just kind of you know 
art and magic. And uh, but that's that's my side. I don't want to, I don't know, prep this this talk so you start thinking about it the way that I do. I'll just everyone come into it. Let let me know what you think afterwards, and you know, send us an email at uh, tattoosandpodcast@gmail.com, or you can call the listener line. It's a two zero eight six nine six one eight two eight. You can just leave us a message on there, and uh, <clears throat> if we start getting some more of those. I'll 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 have them on a show where maybe Brian's on or something, and we can talk about that stuff. Uh, anyways, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Make sure to turn off your phones when you record, and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you at the end of the show. So much, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, brother. <laughs> right on. Just, uh, just getting back from the workout. That's good. Like, oh shit! Do I gotta like <laughs> that shit up and comb my hair? <laughs> That's fine. We don't. If people keep telling me that we need to do video to be more whatever, I don't fucking care. It's like talk medium. I'm not trying to push people into doing whatever. I'm not trying to create. No, whatever. I just want to talk to people, put it out there. If somebody falls on it, fucking fine. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's all the different. I mean, people consume information in so many ways, you know? And, yeah. And yes, today everyone wants to see videos because no one's patient enough to listen or read. But you know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. They're, we're doing um, a study right now. It's just kind of like an ad hoc study. Anyone can take part in it if they want to. But um, we're studying the effects of color sensory overload and attention span and uh, transitional settings in people any age i've been mean, trying to focus more on um like adolescents and kids to see what's happening right like if you just remove a variable from a certain device if that's actually going to increase or decrease their ability to transition between things so mm-hmm. i can understand why videos work and why people want to watch them because it's fucking my hypothesis is that they're fucking addictive so mm. oh they are yeah yeah, yeah. there's a there was that a real interesting documentary, um, Social Dilemma, that was on Netflix. Still is, I think. Uh, and they were talking about the, I mean, not just the video, but the, especially the interaction with social media or really digital interaction. Secretes oh. dopamine hits. So it is. It is literally an addictive thing that we do. Well, and I mean, and yeah, for two years, I've had my phone on black and white mode and just removed colors. Nice. And nice. Um, and doing that. Idea was like, well, maybe it's better to transition, you know, out of stuff. There was people with doom scrolling, doing shit. I'm like, hmm. I see my um, uh, screen time drop by like, I don't know, like sixty percent or something. And that went even more when I stopped fucking social mediaing. Like, I just don't, don't fucking like mm-hmm. social media. I don't understand. <laughs> well, I'll just say, uh, yeah, it's it is a tough one. Personally, my my wife and I have a debate with this because she'll jump on, you know, you get some free time and she'll scroll through there and yeah. she'll talk about what's going on and whatnot and, and i'm like hon come on get on the phone let's hang out and she's like well you're on your phone i'm like well the only time on my phone is when i'm creating content that you're watching <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh you're better than me and i'm like well no i'm not saying that but uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't i don't engage with it you know yeah but yeah it's yeah yeah, yeah i don't know mm-hmm. fuck it whatever i don't i'm not here yeah. i have another podcast where just talk about like logic and try to explain how things are and uh like that's that cool. 
that one I'll just yeah I was a philosophy um student so when I got into school like I was just big into like the philosophy of mind and trying to understand why we think the way that we do what's mm-hmm. the fucking human experience do we really have a spirit or not and then oh man, man. fucking doing this shit so <laughs> oh, uh, I'd love to hear more about that I'm um uh, like 90 percent through um a brief history of everything oh right uh, on Bill Bryson yeah oh, such a good that's one, cool. man we don't know yeah. sh- no shit about shit you know no we never do <laughs> every time we think that you know something you know less right it's yeah, like oh exactly. yeah <clears throat> we, we open another door and go oh crap yeah <laughs> there's even more shit we don't know fuck What's the uh, atomos atomos uh theory it started up i mean it's probably like well before it was first recorded back in ancient greece and somebody's like well if i cut something up into pieces what's the smallest i can get it hmm. you know we don't know <laughs> yeah, say the smaller we go i mean now we're like smashing atoms yeah we're getting off these bits and pieces and the more we smash we realize we get more pieces and the deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper like, uh, uh, there's a pretty cool concept where he says uh you know you, when you get to speaking with these like uh quantum physicists and they start getting into these deep deep you know microscopic levels he's like you have to be educated to know the difference between somebody who's really oh yeah smart and understands and and or somebody who's fucking crazy because the more you talk to it, it sounds the same like the more the deeper you go it's an unending cycle of basically like yeah. basically this ending spiral of cosmos downward infinitely you know yeah it's like, what yeah that's what we have like phds man when you get into something that's so niche you know and you understand like one thing it doesn't mean that you're uh educated on everything just because they have a doctorate in front of your name you know like i'm working with a nuclear physicist who studied transmissions from the event horizon of black holes and how they can affect blue and red shift energy shifts but we're defining uh, oh this whiteboard um the physics of a tattoo machine right now uh, i know <laughs> he knows the nice. big math and i know like i like a master's level like physics or whatever backgrounds so like i'm coming up with all the things i'm just kind of sending it to him like make sense of this please so strokey uh, beard meetings later right we just come up with something where he's like this is extremely <laughs> interesting i'm like yeah i know <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, that's cool that's cool man i did want to say at the top too like thank you very much for sending over list like normally we just kind of yeah. go off the cuff and do whatever and um i know that like you have things that you want to talk about and i think that's totally cool dude like yeah, um yeah. even if and i don't know if we have fucking differing opinions on anything i think a lot of people make up their mind about me because i'm not like the normal tattooer and mm-hmm. uh they expect me to be just like ah you know and so mm-hmm. but i'm not you know i'm not sure sure care. No, yeah i mean at this point man i mean it's um uh being involved with and we'll get into the history of it. Yeah. Begin, being involved with some of the the diplomacy of it all, right? And it's it's not about being any specific way, and it's about being open minded to all different particular ways. And, yeah, yeah. And realizing that you know no one is completely wrong and no one's completely right, right? right? And and it's just about us all trying to navigate. Just like we're talking about the yeah. brief history of everything. Like the more we think we know, the less we fucking know. Yeah. And really don't know shit about shit. And we're you know since beginning of the year, since the um this whole stuff kicked off, the more I realized that I didn't know anything. You know, like yeah. there was so much I didn't know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, if if you want to make kind of kind of kick it off real quick i mean yeah, man. yeah go um, for it yeah 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 because you know i well i've been tattooing for 23 years now and i've owned a tattoo studio for 13 and been blissfully you know uh enjoying my career and craft uh being able to tattoo people you know it's been awesome and it's given me so much raise my family and kid uh, raise my kids and support my wife um uh, but then the past 10 years you know i started to 
become more aware of regulations because they were imposing upon our industry. <laughs> and in New Mexico, they grouped tattoo artists in with the Barbers and Cosmetology Board. Mm-hmm. And really, that stemmed from an issue with some politicians daughter or niece getting tattooed at someone's house right yeah and then employed some sort of crazy laws and they just didn't know what to do with us and stuck with some of the barbers and cosmetologists we were actually at one point regulated by the state and the city uh because again it was one of those like we tattooers and what the hell's going on yeah and it, it eventually took you know having you know find out what's you know finding out how we're regulated and then applying getting to sit on this board and actually get approved to sit on it and realizing they didn't do nothing you know like yeah. it's a bunch of barbers and cosmetologists trying to figure out tattoo stuff and i i just got fed up man i was it was just so arduous to get through a meeting i went and approached the new mexico regulation and licensing department's head director and you know, told him like, sir, we need we need a board of tattooers, right? Of, of body artists, because um, yeah. it was tattooing, body piercing, performing cosmetics. Uh, and we needed to have our own. Uh, uh, we needed to be in charge of this. You know, we had we need more eyes on it. And I mean, I got a, I got a swift no. You know, yeah. basically that's not you know that's not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you know, yeah, right. You know, tattooers managing tattooers. So I spoke with a friend who um she's a politician but she's a good she's a client she's a good person um and she inspired me to get the local tattoo artists to come together yeah. and you know and and support the idea of having our own regulatory board which i mean you, you've you been tattooing a long time you know how we typically you know can or cannot get together but mm-hmm. it, it made it was enough of a uh, strain and stress being so regulated you know so incorrectly that they were willing to put shit aside and come together and talk about uh, um, creating our board. What uh, and, what were some of the regulations they were trying to pass on you when like those things? I mean, were I just it just at the time. I mean, they had just you know uh, extreme apprenticeship requirements. Uh, you know, what, they were what were the extreme apprenticeship requirements? You, uh, you know, no, 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 no. And and what I meant by that is like it would be we would require a fourteen hundred hour apprenticeship, which isn't horrible, right? You no. know, like most apprenticeships last several years. Yeah. Um, but they would allow you know virtually anyone to apprentice someone else, right? You know, it was basically like, oh, you're licensed okay. here, you can train. So people were supplying um, you know, apprenticeship curriculums, just wildly varied. And yeah. they were just basically allowing that to happen. And there were so many people who are entering in these apprenticeships that would get well, they get screwed over, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they would start an apprenticeship, kicked out, and they'd have to start again and end up tattooing at home. Just everything about the system was broken. Yeah, <laughs> and when yeah, they would yeah. try to explain these things, they were just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get it. I understand. <clears throat> and again, it was just me talking against, you know, at the time, like 12 different barbers and cosmetologists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it was just, everyone was just frustrated. And again, you know, at a certain point, we were being regulated double duty by our city and our state. What was the so, city imposing regulation-wise on you? Uh, well, they just had the initial health department was coming through and and doing inspections, right? You know, it was a uh, they were, all we would require was just our uh, like our city business license, but then mm-hmm. they would come through and do an annual inspection. So they would come through and do an annual inspection, charge us a fee, and then the state would come through and do an annual inspection. You know what I mean? Like it was just two different, uh, you know. Was there levels. was there like different regulations on each one when you were doing the inspection that you had to go through, or were they doing the same thing? Uh, well, that's the thing, and, and I'm sure you've had experiences this dealing any sort of health inspectors. They usually don't know what the hell they're looking for. You know, they're coming in and they're thinking, "Oh, this is like a." They're looking for like restaurant uh, uh, parameters. Yeah, right? you end up you educating know, like, them when they walk through the door, as opposed to like just having them know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I mean, many times <laughs> the the city health inspector would sit up front in their lobby and smoke a cigarette with the crew, right? You know, like it was just like they were like, ah, you know, 
basically sit down, look around a little bit and say, Hey, what do I need to look for? Cool. By the way, don't go eat at these restaurants. You know, like it was, it was kind of like, why, why are we spending money on this when they're not even doing their job? And then when the state inspectors were coming through again, they didn't know what to look for. So then they were kind of going after improper things. They would allow somebody to have carpet and fabric and, and, um, you know, um, wear gloves while they were touching things, but they would go after them because in a container had a, an opening or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was just, there was just elements where I was like, man, this, this, we need to have more education for them. We need to be involved with this too. Yeah. 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 It's not like you're telling them that they need to get the fuck out. You're just like, you guys don't know your job and this is embarrassing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. yeah. yeah and, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, so yeah, I, again, was able to gather, I mean, in New Mexico, and it's Albuquerque alone, I mean, we have anywhere from, depending on the time of year, mm-hmm. 70 to 90 tattoo shops in our 500,000, you know, population of Albuquerque. <laughs> and, oh, dude, we got you whooped. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're Oregon. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, in Oregon, they had the, the APT was really key in uh, setting the laws and regulations in Oregon um, back in the day when they still had, you know, a little bit of clout and so the, the idea with Oregon is that when you go to schools and you have regulations, because it's heavily regulated here, is that you you have to learn how to tattoo safe, but we can't tell you how to actually tattoo. Mm-hmm. And so it led to this like influx of just same thing, schools where we have people, it's a minimum two years of education required, you know, experience to be able to teach people, which like, if you've been in the business, like we're middle-aged now in the business, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you know... The more that you know, the less that you fucking understand. And there's a minimum safety requirement. And we all see it, right? The first two years, you think you're fucking God, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're isolated, you know, you're moved away from like a public and, you know, there's no integration with the actual industry. You can just kind of set up a shop in your house and tattoo and everyone on Facebook thinks that you're fucking fantastic. Well, everyone next door is just like, well, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm glad you mentioned that because... I was just, somebody was talking about that, you know, we had this just false, especially yeah, as a young tattoo, we get this false impression about our abilities because, mm-hmm. you know, tattooing is difficult. And when you can do a decent tattoo, your clients love you, they, they praise you, people are always kissing your butt. But there's something missing when you have that group of peers and a, a mentor who's basically, well, yeah. you know, you know, telling you where you're putting you in your place, basically. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's obviously levels of it's good and bad, but yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. to have some constructive criticism, you know, that's oh, so fine. important. And I think, you know, in our conversation with the phone, you know, he blew me away with 4,500 licensed tattoo artists, <laughs> like going yeah. from school to a private studio. I mean, they have no idea Nothing, what yeah. they're doing. Nothing, you know? Nothing, and yeah. I brought this up in my staff meeting and my crew was saying, yeah, yeah, like, I guess there's like this new style of like really crappy looking tattooing. Oh, ignorant tattoos. Yeah. We had a debate about that like a couple of weeks ago on the show. It hasn't come out yet, but it's, (laughs) we got into it. Yeah. Me and my old (laughs) co-host, so I go, people want, I don't fucking think that they're a good idea at all, but (laughs) Brian always likes to, he takes a position and he's, he'll never fucking back down. Like he's, he's super (laughs) Irish. He's from Chicago. Right. So it's just like, (laughs) you end up fucking, he'll just stick to it. And so I just tried everything I could and it just kept making him more mad. It was so fun. And just at the end, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. Uh, Ignorant tattoos, man. Um, Anyways. Well, I think you were saying, you know, because it wasn't a matter of not that they have to do good tattoos. They just have to do safe tattoos. Yeah. So then they'd have to do, you know, so many tattoos graduate. So they would count like, you know, a finger tad as a tattoo, which, you know, in other words, yeah, they, it, that's, I feel like that's where this, 
the style of ignorant tattoos or just crappy looking tattoos is popping out of right the oregon's making it popular um well, i and, don't and, think that it's not really oregon i would say <laughs> i like no. the shots fired though i think that's pretty cool the, uh, <laughs> that's that's where it came from <laughs> <laughs> no well, actually I, was, where I got my perspective yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, south america actually it was uh first kind of coined and considered one of like the more popular brands and it kind of had to deal with more of like a punk rock ethos attached to mm. organized uh defined ideals of what uh like beauty is and so there was like a fight against it but as soon as it hit social mm. media you have something like that the interpretation of the pieces are always going to be left up to the individual right so if it's just poorly done tattoos i can say there's tattoos across the world that you know fucking be bad with this stuff so it's not to defend my state because i think there's many problems here right but Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of everywhere we'll say yeah yeah yeah. it's like having the uh i'm sure you've had clients coming before and you know they have like prison work and they want you to match it you know like oh yeah make that make make your tat make your dope tats look like my shitty ones you know yeah 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 Yeah. yeah, you're right art art is an interpretation so yeah definitely if they want it done and and, yeah and i can do it like well and i can do it safe and then maybe i'll add to like the general aesthetic that they're trying to go with i don't fucking care i mean it's their body i'm not going to tell them what's right or wrong I will give them a, we have like a really extensive like procedure that we put everyone through before they get tattooed. Like we have a meet and greet and then we have like homework and then we go through educational phase and we do designing together and we go through all this stuff and it gives me a chance to kind of educate them along the way so they can give informed consent. Right. And then at the end, I can trust that they've been informed enough to make a reasonable decision. If they still stick with the same fucking stupid design, rock and roll. I know that yeah. you're coming into this with both eyes open on average. If somebody comes in with something stupid and have spent the time and they're just like, maybe we should do something different. Like, oh yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, not, not, not to get, well, that's cool. I'm glad you brought that up. Not to get derailed off the mm-hmm. conversation, but yeah, is yeah. this process something that you charge for? Is this like a, no. like a consultation? That's no, just something you do. Is your, part of no, your during the initial like development stuff last year, I did for a period of time. Um, Because I was spending, like one guy, we've been working for uh, two years. So, I mean, I've done hundreds of hours with work, research, drafts, designs, everything like that. And so um, at that point in time, I charged $50, like a one-time fee for a booking scheduling and for concept work that was going to be done. Uh, And now, like I do charge for artwork uh, on the designs, but I think that that probably goes to include all of the work that we do before, like before we do the tattoo, sure. that people come in and we'll do like a mock-up session with markers, trying to figure out size and placement, let them kind of get a vibe for it. We'll use that uh, as something they'll, they'll get sent home. Think about the stuff that they're doing, right? Is this actually what you want to do in a place you want to get with? They're like, yes. Then we'll come up with artwork and I'll bring them back into the shop. We'll have a stencil. We'll place it on them and we'll send them home. Try it out before you buy it. Just make mm-hmm. sure that you actually like what you're getting. And if they're like, this is fucking sick, let's do this. All right. Cool, then we go so that's kind of like where the the artwork charge i guess goes into that stuff right yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, well the only reason i asked i just wrapped up a 12-week course uh called tattoo mba it was kind of a pilot course through uh russ abbott's launch pattern tattoo smart yeah. and he was really and, and he's been talking about this on his social media and i found it to be uh, a cool process it's just the art collab process which is yeah. similar to what you're talking about you know just your your system which it is a paid it is a paid service but allows you to really focus on those steps that you you know accomplish from the initial meet and greet the process of reading you know designing and in, ensuring they're happy throughout the process and then by the end of it um you know they 
they do, you know, like they have a finished product that they're happy with yeah. and all the, all the other stuff is cut through. And I, and I feel like that's just kind of the evolution is, is being able to get people what they want as I, opposed to, I know, think so. Yeah, we're a service industry, you know, like you wouldn't hire, yeah. uh, you wouldn't go get your hair cut and just walk in and be like, do whatever you want. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. You wouldn't do that with a surgeon getting plastic surgery. You wouldn't have a plumber come in and say, what's your style of toilet? You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. getting paid to do a job. Yeah. You should do what the person yeah. wants. This is just my, my opinion with that <laughs> stuff. Right. And if you get into a space where you can effectively give the person what they want and they know why they're getting it, I think that that's just mm-hmm. like, I think that would be like a perfect world for tattooing, but I think yeah. there has to be room. For everyone, sure. I think you still need the fucking oh, yeah. street shops, the flash and the walls, you know, and just walk oh, yeah, in like, yeah. I want that one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to the organization that, you know, we come together with the tattooers. So we, yeah. we formed this thing called the Guild of Ethical Tattooists. And I remember we were talking a lot about, you know, um, regulations and, and you know, the navigating the struggles of what well, we do have some licensure. So it's about being involved with it. And of course, a lot of tattooers, especially old schoolers and that pirate mentality, like, what's the point? You know, and it's like, well, it's, it's about just legitimizing our career and, you know, moving you know up, upwards in that way. And, and like, well, you're never going to get rid of home scratchers and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, man. I mean, we don't expect that to ever happen. There's no. always going to be levels and layers of people that want different tiers of tattooing. You know, oh, like yeah. there's going to be people that are happy going to someone's house. But I was like saying, it's like, like, and I don't like to to call, and I'm not correlating these people, uh, a scratcher with a cockroach, but it's like spraying for insects, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you do have regulations, it just keeps it down, right? Yeah. That the that the, the population is going like, hey, I, I don't I don't want to go to your house. I don't want to get a home to tattoo. I want to go and get a professional tattoo. Yeah. And and there's things put in place to to delineate the difference between us, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, once we started coming together, you know, we, we were starting to have a an organization and we would do things like this event, these events called Art Fusion for a Cause. We would go to a local pub, we would set up easels and you know what Art Fusion yeah, is, yeah, but yeah. we would make art, sell uh, raffle tickets, give all the proceeds to charity. Like we were, you know, the news was involved. And so this led to having some conversations with a local senator, <clears throat> Jacob Candelaria. And and I know you're you're aware of the legislative process, but just oh, yeah. kind of you know, yeah, yeah. For anyone who's listening who doesn't know about this stuff, <laughs> yeah, 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 mm. yeah. You need it. You need a legislator, right, to to sponsor a bill, and they're going to draft it, and then they're going to uh, submit it to a legislative session. And this is from it's very similar in the state level and very, as as a, akin to the federal level. And this has parallels about what's going on in the industry right now, and. After the bill um, was created, it was called Senate Bill 275, and it was to create the Board of Body Art Practitioners. Okay. And I was uh, lucky to be the expert witness uh, for this bill. And again, just for educational purposes, uh, because Senator Jacob Candelaria was the sponsor of the bill, it started it on the Senate side. Right? We had the mm-hmm. Senate and the House of Reps during a legislative session. And on each side, there are committees that each one of these bill, this bill has to go through. So on the Senate side, we had to go through five different committees, um, health, appropriations, and a a few others. This is 10 years ago. And you have to get them through each one of these committees. They have to vote and approve it before and go to the next one and go to the next one and go to the next one. Now, one of our key things to success, I think, was, of course, um, tattooing 
now and especially back then wasn't like heavily politically polarized right you know there wasn't like people with vested interests and in making sure we weren't regulated it made sense to a lot of these committee members to have professionals involved with their profession right mm-hmm. you know it's like well you're aware of it and it'd be good to have your opinion on it yeah that makes sense but really what what's what really a clinched it if there was any <clears throat> sort of like uh, um, resistance or, or um, hesitance is when a committee chair would ask if there was any support for the bill and ask the audience. Mm-hmm. And we were to have, you know, we were able to have, you know, uh, anywhere from 10 to 20 tattoo artists stand up, right. Or, or, mm-hmm. or people who supported it, you know, a bunch of tattooed people stand up and willing to say, you know, I support Senate bill 275. Mm-hmm. And that's what really was that like, Oh, okay. Well, the community wants it makes sense. You know, we pass, right? Mm-hmm. And we were able to get this bill through um, all the way through the Senate. And then, you know, once it goes through all the committees, it has to be, you know, whatever changes need to be voted on. And then it goes in front of the full Senate, the full Senate, you know, not just the committees, but the full Senate, which then is approved or not approved. And we made it through there. And then it starts its journey all the way through the House of Representatives. Same thing, took it through all those different committees, got it all over the Senate, uh, through the House of Rep side. And then once it passes both houses, it goes to, in this case, the governor. Now, the governor, you can't speak to them. Like, you can't go and talk to them about the bill. You have to, you know, allow them to, uh, you know, have their own spheres of of influence. You know, they're, they're going to do their own research. But you can call in the office and mm-hmm. call support. You know, you call and say, hey, I support Senate Bill 275. So we started a grassroots campaign and actually – uh, we bombarded their office. I mean, mm. it wasn't just tattooers. It was our clients and, you know, just supportive groups uh, around the around the state. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had the, – I had the governor's office call me like six weeks later. And it was like, Mr. Shaw, you know, the governor signed your bill. Please, good God, stop having people call. I mean, like we were we were that successful, you know. And I know that it was an accomplishment only in that I had a couple of friends that I made during this process of lobbying the bill. And they'd been lobbying for a long time and they were, you know, almost uh, rudely uh, giving me praise like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking got this thing in the first year through, you know, some of these bills sometimes take years and years to get through, but it had enough support, right? Yeah. You know, so How long this... did it take in total? To, to have it passed? Yeah. Yeah. So this session in 2015 was the three months. So it started in January and it had passed by um, mid April. Okay. Uh, late April, early May, and then it went into effect in June. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, it wasn't like this was an immense amount of time that was going to be required. There's a lot of effort, but that still seems like the cogs were moving pretty quickly. Well, you guys must have had a bill that made a lot of sense, you know? It's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It made sense and it was a need. And, you know, I was uh, already had my hat in the, the, Already have my name and hat, so to speak. So they yeah. appointed me to the chair, uh, appointed me to the board. Mm-hmm. And then being that it was a board filled with body artists, I was appointed mm-hmm. the chair and ran that board till 2019. Okay. And you know, we were we were to improve a lot of things on that level. Uh, how many people uh, were on the board? There was five. Five? And how many were mm-hmm. tattooers? Uh, there was two tattoo artists. Yeah. Permanent cosmetic practitioner, body piercer, yeah. and one public member. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, we we have well, we have more seats on our side, but they don't have a, a lot of spots for tattooers inside of um, the state. It's just kind of like a we have one. That's me. That's you. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> oh my. Oh, I guess that's uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, you got a busy job. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's it's not too bad. Uh, we only have quarterly meetings and stuff, trying to go for stuff. But it's it's funny because we have so many things that are lumped into us, and, and like we're underneath, you know, and lumped in with with cosmetology and stuff like that. But um, our effects are only going to be um, drafted and affecting just just a very specific body modification side of stuff. And uh, I'm surprised you guys got something through so fast. I mean, because we've had some issues that have taken a decade to get through, and yeah. uh, so. There must have been, like from my side, a need for this that everyone had seen was plausible, right? And uh, to have it go through, I mean, having such wide range of support, especially when, I mean, certain places in the, in the southern part of the United States tend to shy away from any type of government intervention for them to like jump on board is, is actually really fucking cool, dude. Um, yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, 100%, man, I think it was that common enemy you know the the tattooers saw the need for it and then we were coming together on you know so i feel like that what do you mean common enemy what yeah what do you mean by uh, common just improper enemy? regulation Im- just improper, improper regulation. regulation oh okay yeah just people lamenting about the 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 process and how it sucked and just wanting to improve now i mean after being involved with it for a decade uh i mean it I mean, you're involved with it too. Yep. I mean, there's there's obviously tons of deficiencies within government too, right? You know, the government on all levels is just understaffed, underpaid, overworked, and undereducated. I think right? that's you just know? the so, population at large, not just the government, right? So yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I mean, there was def- definitely a lot of things that we fixed, but there's definitely still issues with dealing with regulations in general. Now, I think that's one of those things that's going to kind of always be but we do have the ability just like what we did here in the mexico to come together and improve situations right make well, yeah. certain elements better right well, yeah. um and, and over you time, had also it gets like better, better. yeah but like over time like we, we discussed when we first started like the more you know the less you know these things should yeah. be like adaptable right so I, like i mm-hmm. i like the idea that you're saying that you got things started now there's all these other issues like that's mm-hmm. It's kind of slippery slope at the same time, because I think if you have, mm-hmm. on my opinion, on my side, I think if you have things set out so that there's freedom for adaptation within the system, then it allows you to be pivotable, right? And adapt to those situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, if we look at most regulations now, especially like where I live, there's not a lot of wiggle room once something gets passed to like make adjustments and amendments. And uh, did you notice that when you were doing your stint through... Well, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you're you're uh, aware of the process, but you know, the the Senate Bill two seventy four created the statute, mm. and the statute is very arduous and difficult to change. Right, it goes through a legislative session, but then we had we could, on a more regular basis, mm. change rules and and regulate change the rules that then adjust the regulations, and yeah. those are things we were able to work with and adapt, and that was helpful. Yeah, it'd be um, difficult to, to make, get rid of the board. Right. But you yeah, can change yeah, yeah. the rules that the board is going to be utilizing to govern and influence over the populace. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and like you were just saying, the more we, the do we less we know, the more we get involved, the more we think we know, the less we learn that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And being more involved, you see where the deficiencies are and where, you know, going back to the government being um, understaffed and uneducated where they want help. Right. Yeah. You know, they they are like, Hey, you know, if, you can supply us with help we'll we'll take it you know as long as it's legitimate help and i mean and, and all this kind of plays into to what's going on on the federal level right you know because yeah. i um i served until 2019 and then uh you know there's a, a shift in the the board actually um you know they they reappo- uh, reappointed several different members 
and then the pandemic hit right yeah. and then everybody kind of got shut down and, and everything was closed off for a time they and, shut down uh, legislative assemblies and, and sessions uh i mean i mean it was barely had any meetings you know there was like uh i think we had one meeting in 2020 maybe two in 2022 you know like it was just and it was really like, yep we're still here and you know keep paying your fees but you know nothing's gonna happen <clears throat> you know like i'm sure it happened i don't know i'm sure what happened in oregon but you know we were shut down for certain times but we still had to pay our bills and and, and oh, still had to kind of operate that way yeah we were shut down for a short period of time but uh mm-hmm. we uh we were still totally active, at least with like trying to govern the response to whatever was going on here. So mm-hmm. pretty clear definitions about how we could reopen and, and get people back. And we didn't end up like reclosing, which was really fucking nice. So, you know, some places mm-hmm. did, you know, they bounced back and forth. And Yeah, but, we did a little bit too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just had the mask mandate finally lift, which I a lot of people were really happy about. I still, I've worn a mask for years anyways, when I tattoo, because I don't mm-hmm. think you should breathe on a wound. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Most people are like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So like, I don't care. Like, my clients aren't wearing it now, which is kind of cool. I can see their faces because for like years now, I've been mm-hmm. looking at them. I'm like, what the fuck do you look like, dude? You know? <laughs> right. Right. You look at their ID, you're like, huh? Or they come in after you haven't seen them. You're like, yeah. uh, how's it going? I'll be like, it's, it's me. It's Bob. Like, huh? yeah, it's old, like what up, Bob? <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. You look nothing like I thought. <laughs> you had really pretty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> dude you have no upper lip like what's going on with you bro <laughs> oh goodness uh, that's funny dude anyways sorry to just jump in on that no, yeah, no, yeah yeah no, yeah it's cool uh, yeah 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 i mean the pandemic the pandemic happened man and and um you know we all kind of were reflecting on life and dealing with all that and little did we know during the pandemic <clears throat> there was something taking place on a federal level and just like i talked about the creation of a bill and going through the different committees and the different houses of government, there was a bill called the MOCRA, the Modernization of Cosmetic Regulation Act, going through these steps. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between what was going on with that and our bill is there wasn't tattooers involved. You know, we didn't actually know that this was happening. And well, it made so its way like, through all the committees. Yeah, and can, can you like mm-hmm. branch off on that? Because what, who all is affected by the Mokra, Mokra yeah. Act? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I always think of Mokra like Mocha, but uh, mm. no, I, yeah. I mean, it it just uh, just to finish that statement, it made it all the way to the president. President, mm. president signed it, and what it essentially is is the the modernization of cosmetic regulation act is affecting all cosmetics, mm-hmm. and it's. Basically, anything that's sprinkled, sprayed, rubbed, applied, um, inserted onto mm-hmm. the body for your beautification is now a cosmetic. Yep. And tattooing falls under that designation, which is not a bad thing, right? You know, like um, it's better than being you know regulated by a, a, a chemical designation or a pharmaceutical or a medical, right? We're we're considered a cosmetic. Why is it better? Um, uh, well, uh, well, we'll we could talk about like <laughs> we, we could have the similar issues like what was going on in Europe, which is regulated like a chemical. And being that they're regulated like a chemical, yeah. they have very small tolerances in their their ability to use certain ingredients. Yeah, they look at the ingredients in a tattoo. Uh, well, well, they focus right. on ink. Europeans yeah, yeah. all that ink, right? They focus yeah. on the ink ingredients, and they give it a very small tolerance. Inks and and they use yeah, and mm-hmm. and they they use the. Reach registration, evaluation, authorization, or restriction of chemicals um, organization to to again designate what tolerances they can use in their pigments. 
and and their inks. And the problem with that is it's created basically, from my opinion, and from what I've heard, watered Mm -hmm. down crap, right? The compliant pigment in Europe and and all the tattooers that I've talked to. And this is including people that have traveled back and forth, people who've actually manufactured this stuff. um, And also talking with some European tattooers um, online, they they essentially are still using the non-compliant pigments or inks. And I, yeah. and I, and I, I keep changing, I, I keep trying to change that word because pigment could talk about what's the color, right? Ink is the actual combination of the formula. And so they're still using non-compliant inks, but they have to pretend like they're using compliant inks. Okay. They're like, put, they're putting out the compliant ink saying, yeah, we're using this, we're reaching another box and using non-compliant inks. Okay. And I have an article I'll share with you. Um, it's sure. by Dr. Uh, Jordan Syrup, and he's a scientist for the European Society of Tattoo and Pigment Research. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing a, a lot of research on, on tattoo inks over the past couple of decades. And uh, he was very involved with um, what's going on in Parliament when it comes to the regulation of pigments, because he feels they're, do- they're, they're using inappropriate research to find those tolerances, right? Uh, he was sharing in an article how they were doing tests on animals, petri dishes, nothing, nothing on humans, um, completely isolated scientific studies that had varying uh, results that really didn't give any conclusive information, yet they were still using this information to then say, okay, you can only have this much of, say, titanium dioxide. And was saying you, you're well aware, I mean, titanium dioxide's in, in virtually all pigments, right? You know, if it's if it's not a, one of the primary colors, it's got some titanium dioxide. Now we have these gray washes that have titanium dioxide in it. Mm-hmm. And if you were to drink a gallon of it, sure, you know, that probably wouldn't treat you very well. But in a small, inert state in your body, it's, and we have no issues with it, right? Well, we don't, we same, don't know, actually. Yeah, and There's and, been and no studies same. done to actually show the safety and efficacy, but there's there's an issue with it because the actual ethics of applying it to a human model, that's why we use models in laboratories and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have a medical ethics and oversight board that's going to determine what's safe and what isn't. And this kind of comes back from like what we've done in the Western world, you know, with like polio blankets and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to do like the Holocaust with all of the medical, you know, like it, it's smart that we're thinking about what's going to be safe or what isn't this way. But even if we don't have any human models. It's not to say that it's inconclusive what some of these data points are. And titanium dioxide has been, you know, heavily regulated, if not banned in the EU for a long time. <clears throat> not just, you know, whatever. I mean, here it's different, you know, um, but it also goes the, down to the the size of the particles that are going to be used in the distributions of anything that goes on, right? Anything that's going to be dispersed in a nanoparticle scale is going to have a greater effect and that's been shown just it's just causes inflammation and inflammation in general is just bad for bodies right mm-hmm. so the the regulations that came into this stuff as far as i had read and uh i talked with like the head of the eu health council and uh their head chemist their head pigment tester and some other people like they said like we don't know what's going on with this stuff but they also said that they had given the chance for pigment companies to submit a dossier stating mm-hmm. If these pigments are safe, just show us that they are and we'll lift the ban. And they gave them time to submit them. And the companies that were supplying pigments at the time put forth no science. They put forth no effort. Instead, they kind of rallied the troops. And they tried to fight regulation on the ground level, which I think that's like a big problem that we have moving forward is when you have a separation between 
science, public, industry, and legislation. And there's no proper integration with like an imbalance inside of there. Like if, if two sides are more connected than the other two that are opposing and not connected, you're going to have an imbalance like where you can pass a bill really quickly. Well, normally like the legislative you know process would take longer. You know what I mean? If you do have that collaboration. And so if we had the ability to say in Europe right now, we know that these pigments are safe because that's all that they want. And cosmetics, like tattooing is not worth anything, you know, on a global scale. Like we don't, we don't make enough money is the stats on this thing. In mm-hmm. tattooing in an industry is worth around $2 billion globally. Right. But that also includes uh, like temporary tattoos and things like that, which I mean is going to make up a large portion of this. But if you value it uh, around or in comparison with the cosmetics industry, uh, which is worth $91 billion dollars. Like we're nothing. It's a drop okay. in the hat, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> I think it would be safe if we're looking at this as a whole, not just the tattooing, that if we know like every person out there who uses cosmetic t- temporary tattoos, tattoos, or any of these other chemicals, that that we know that there's no, and guaranteed there's no long-term health consequences, it would be a benefit for the end user in that state, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's me. And I'm not, I'm not pro-regulation. I'm not pro-government. I'm pro client safety like i've been an advocate for Mm -hmm. that stuff for a while right Mm -hmm. um but yeah like what do you what do you think no and and you started off well you started off saying it just right we don't have enough evidence and the the current science studies that have been done are not applicable for our uses right we can we we can agree that they're not they're not doing the appropriate scientific research for at least oh no i think that they are what they utilize i think that they are for well i'm saying like um well meaning like um like what are they doing in the European government? I mean, to to regulate or at least to to get um, scientific research that's applicable for our tattoo pigments. Oh yeah, they put it back on private industries producing it. It saves taxpayers money. They're like, prove to us that this stuff is fine. You can use it. I think that's brilliant. So what was the? Because you were mentioning that the the manufacturers are offered the ability to offer submitted scientific research. Yeah. Yeah, All they have to do is just show like, this is the proof we've done the tests. We know it's safe. We can use it. And they, there's a a caveat written into the bill and they can just, they'll lift it as soon as they're given that stuff, but there's been no supporting evidence given. So what is this science that we're not like, I mean, please point to me in the direction of some of this research because there's no, I mean, that's what we're trying to find. (laughs) There's nothing. Everyone keeps putting it off. Right. So there is research that shows that like titanium dioxide, I can send you some links to stuff that shows that it's, it's not good for your body. It's not good for animals, bodies. It's not good in the air. It's not good in the water. It's just not good. So Mm -hmm. that's why they made those steps with that with the phthalo green and blue. Right. The reason why they had some concerns with this is the, ability of those pigments to migrate faster into the lymphatic tissues inside of the body in response to trauma, which occurs at a greater rate than other pigments. That's why they picked those first. These seem to be the things that make it into people's bodies more, just like titanium dioxide, especially nanoparticle dispersions of those. So if we get those identified and we can understand what's going on with them because they're aggregating into people's bodies at a faster rate, we can probably make reasonable assumptions from there about these other pigments that are used that may be chemically you know atomically whatever type of like consistent with those mm-hmm. things and and you're saying that there has been some actual um studies with tattoos and thalo blue and green and how it's affecting our body uh there has been studies that have shown that it's migrated into the body but they have uh still ongoing research to see how this is going to affect us 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like I was saying, I mean, just you're mentioning that there's no research, but then there's research about how it's affecting your body. And, and is it in the same context of meaning like consuming the products or are we talking no, this about is just her transmission through skin with tattooing? So they, so they've been doing research on transmission yep. through skin. Yep. I'd love to get a hold of this because that's what we're currently trying to do with the, the, and we'll get into the whole acronyms in a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Association of Drug Officials, right? They they want this research so that way they can start to promulgate these regulations that are coming down the pipeline. Because as of right now, it's still you know they have no research, so they're just looking at the reach regulations. Right? They're looking yeah. at European standards and saying, well, what else could we potentially use? You what, know? <laughs> one of the issues with the regulations when they go to towards the research side is that academia inside of itself is only releasing cherry pick studies to increase funding so that mm-hmm. they can do more work. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We have people who are trying to piggyback research right now off of additional research that they're already doing, like, like Dr. John Wright's work. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also a break between what's going to be openly available in Europe and is going to be acceptable science that's going to be allowed here in the United States. So sometimes you can find studies that may have been applied somewhere in China and France, Germany, South Africa, for heaven's sakes, but it's not going to be a readily accepted form or submission or guideline or result that we want to actually keep over here so we can ignore it. And that that's a problem, right? Like even if the test comes up inconclusive or returns a null result in science, they don't have to publish those things because they don't have to. They need to come back with something that's always innovative. So if you do some digging and you contact a lot of these people directly, right? Like I said, you can just like talk to the EU health like minister. I I emailed him. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like three, four years ago. I'm like, what's going on with this shit? And he's like, talk to this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. He sent me a bunch mm-hmm. of emails. I talked to their people and they were telling me stuff. And I can I probably find the emails and forward them to you. <clears throat> well, some of the yeah, stuff please. that they're doing. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because like how the Europeans do science and how we do it is much different. They're very like scientific. I don't know. This is okay. This is not okay. Yes. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. when you talk to like American scientists, they're like, I can do something amazing. And it's, <laughs> it's a bit be huge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Earth, we're going to disrupt the system, right? It's like a fucking tech conference or some shit. This is like, <laughs> slow down. You know, it's, there's all, it's such a complex thing to try and think about what's safe and what isn't. Like when we think about pigments, we can think about them safe and stable molecularly, right? Like whatever this mm-hmm. product is in its most rawest form, not mixed, isolated in space without any type of interventions. And we have to think about how it's going to work in the body, uh, long-term effects, what the environmental stuff is going to be. Is there any correlations with other things that are going on? It takes mm-hmm. so long and there's so much money that's going to go on to prove whatever thing is going to be safe or not safe. Mm-hmm. It it's it's pushing the way that certain systems work to become more defined in the way that they are. Like Europeans have, you know, single payer health system in, in most places. So the idea of keeping people safe from not being a burden on that tax system moving forward is really key. Well, here we're for profit system. We really don't give a shit if people get sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is kind of how it no, works. No, yeah. So it guides our regulations, at least now the ideas of, of how we're thinking about public safety, because the mm-hmm. end result is always going to be, is it fucking good for us financially? You know what yeah. I mean? No, yeah. In yeah. my and, opinion, and, but yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> caveat yeah, there. It's a, it's a good, good opinion. No, and, and like I said, I mean, the, the, 
you had started the conversation off with just like meaning that there's not this long-term study on a lot of these products that we're having access to that we're going to mm -hmm. potentially utilize for rule promulgation. As yep. of right now, they're just looking at what tolerances that there's allowed in the, the EU, right? Mm -hmm. And this is causing a huge issue with uh, uh, unlicensed activity in Europe. In the same oh, yeah. article by Dr. Syrup, I mean, most of the tattoo artists are not using this product. Yep. And they're not enforcing it, right, you know, heavily. But Where I do are they have getting ads? That's my issue. So yeah, well, how do and, they get and that's into the, the country, right? Yeah, and that's the scary thing, too, is, you know, obviously they're having to find it in ways. I've heard of tattoo artists that travel out here and come back and forth. Um, simultaneously, they may be going online and getting it from, you know, unapproved vendors. So you're talking about Amazon or someone who potentially could be creating some sort of um, – um, counterfeit products right yeah you know, it says something on the label but it's not what's in the contents which is really cool because right? mocker can crack down on that <clears throat> yeah 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 and, and, and those products and, being sold online yeah and i'm not uh coming back full circle you know yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah. against regulation but I'm, I'm about making sure that the regulations make sense right yep. and currently the way that it it comes to me through Dr. Syrup and just like what you're saying. I mean, yes, there's 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 studies on titanium dioxide, there's studies on thala blue and green, there's studies on all the other preservatives and binders and such, but there's not a conclusive study on how this all responds to the body over long terms of periods of time. But there can't right? be. And this is stuff that and and we and we need to start doing this research, right? You know, this is stuff that we need to participate in. And I get it. That's where the manufacturers that was going to be their particular point. You know, their that was their point to help out with, right? You know, when when the parliament asked for the pigment, uh, uh, the pigment manufacturers to supply these dossiers, like you're saying, this mm -hmm. information, they got crickets tripping. So that's when they're like, well, then let's go out. You know, then we're gonna then we're gonna pose these regulations that we got from Reach. And the concern here in in America, in the United States with Mokra, is that's written into our bill is that they could potentially utilize European standards. <clears throat> it, it's the potential that they could look out over there and say, oh, well, this is what they're doing. We could do that now. Uh, through experience, I realized that, or I've I've come to learn again, as it more opens and more I learn that the FDA doesn't want that. They don't want to create some sort of massive illegal activity in the United States with tattoo pigments, and and I'm and I'm speaking specifically to tattoo pigments, but this affects all of our products, right? They don't want to have us start. Uh, well, I'll just say they, right. they, don't, they don't want us to start using. Uh, products that are outside of regulation. They want us to use stuff that we find is applicable for our industry and can fall into those safer tolerances. Um, but now the major difference between the two, and you just asked how, the MOCRA, the Modernization of Cosmetic Regulation Act, regulates all products, not just European in their inks. This is all products. So that's ointments, bandages, um, you know, solves, uh, lidocaine, um, you know, there's, if it's, if it's sprinkled spray applied to the body in some form of, of use during the process. And, and I could even, um, you know, again, we're kind of continually learning more. Does this, does this mean that the needles, does this mean the, the cartridges, does this mean everything that we use? Mm -hmm. There's a potential for that. So all of these products are going to be required now to register their manufacturing company and then have all of their ingredients and everything that's made into it. Uh, uh, public. Well, transparent public exactly yeah, which is a good and, thing and, which is a good thing right yeah. um and they have to have a better um um uh not reaction a uh safety uh, substantiation better safety substantiation good manufacturing processes mm -hmm. as well as if there's any recall right you know having a, a better lot system for recall purposes mm -hmm. right <laughs> now like i said the 
the the hurdle that we're facing right now and this kind of is the, the the concern as you just said at safety substantiation is okay cool well your product uses these ingredients and right now we don't have the science for your applicable use to apply to your rules so we're going to look elsewhere right and and again this is where uh we do have an opportunity because that's an issue right you know just just before i move forward you know we got this new bill that came along the way that got through all the different layers of of government and was signed into law right and this is a law now it's that statute that we talked about earlier very difficult to change <clears throat> it's now a congressional law to change it would require a congressional action right of and greater than the, x percent <laughs> yeah, yeah and i mean there's you know we're, we're talking oh. about like uh in millions and millions of dollars and tons of effort to even just consider changing this yeah. but we're lucky in the sense that <clears throat> this just happened december 29 2022 so we we're aware of this now. We're talking about this now. Now, this, just like Europe, same thing happened. They just weren't talking about it, right? Maybe in the higher ups and the few, but not the majority of the public started or the, the industry talking about it. We're having conversations about it. And we do have some representation. <clears throat> now, you briefly mentioned the APT earlier, mm -hmm. the Alliance Professional Tattooists. You know, they've been around since 1992. And their original purpose of coming about was to help be liaison between the government and the industry because back then you know they wanted tattooers to wear gloves and have some form of cross-contamination prevention and you know back then tattooers were like fuck you you know they're yeah. like we don't want you here did and, you hear uh, our show with carrie barba she was the one who restarted that after doc webb carrie fucking uh -uh. barba yeah she started wearing gloves and people gave her shit then <laughs> she's just like she's like i hate to get my hands dirty and like i could just cover my bottles and be like well okay this is fine i just it's not filthy now and i don't have to spend as much mm -hmm. time cleaning up isn't that funny? 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and it was, and even though people were giving her shit, it was that, right? It was those, uh, Brian Everett told me the same thing, man. He's like, yeah, I, I love not wearing gloves. It was like, you know, like uh, not wearing a condom. You know, you had a full connection with your client. Oh. And you could tell if they were clammy and, you know, like, all right, bro. But he says that when this, when the government's like, bro, you need to, to wear gloves, he was like, mm. Yeah, but it was this, you know, but it was his peers, right? It was his homie like, bro, you can get hepatitis, right? You know, that's yeah. gross. It was that 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 really kind of stim uh, uh, inspired him to kind of yeah. switch over to wearing gloves. Do you remember, like, like, do you ever hear this story about fucking uh, medical professionals when they were told that they should wear gloves and operating in surgical theaters, and how it took them mm -hmm. thirty years for it to become normal practice? This is just like a human thing. As soon as you're told oh, to yeah, change yeah. something, it's different. So <laughs> they studied fetal mortality and maternal mortality rates uh, yeah. between yeah. people who were using gloves, which is this one dude who like <laughs> literally went and was like. Hey, tire manufacturing company, make me a fucking glove because they go from working on cadavers and then they would mm -hmm. go without nothing on their hands and they go and deliver babies. The mortality yeah. rate was massive. Right. And then mm -hmm. they compared all of these different places with this one place, which was fractional in the actual intervention. They're like, well, here's science. It shows you that we should wear these. And everyone went, no, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're crackpot. Yeah. It was the same thing. They were telling people to, wear, uh, to wash their hands, right? Yeah. You know, like hygiene hypothesis. What the fuck yeah, is that? that shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this you know. And and you know, so, being a tattooer, you know, no, one hundred percent. I mean, like tattooers are, you know, we can be a little stubborn. This is a human condition. Yeah. But you know, that back in the back in the day, you know, the, the APT was formed back in New Jersey, you know, and by some pivotal members, including um, Pat Sinatra, in the first year, like Sean Anderson came through, and they they were the liaisons, right? They came and educated tattoo artists, and they they were able to really help 
us move forward in that sense of those basic, you know, things of wearing gloves and, and cross-contamination prevention. Mm-hmm. They even created the um, prevention of disease and uh, transmission and tattooing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, personally believe that they were pivotal in, in helping tattooing become legal in certain places back then yep. that was illegal before. And the government has seen that, right? Even though the, T- the APT has definitely um, not been you know very uh loud in our awareness in the industry right Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely majority of the members are um you know veterans Mm -hmm. and up till recently we're very inactive online because you know up to about three years ago they were almost disbanded Mm -hmm. it's terrible almost yeah 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 uh but they've been still active though in their individual areas right Mm -hmm. you know even though they may not be in the industry's awareness they still are tattooing all day and yeah. at night going and helping with different regulations in their different states. Right? And the government has seen that. So the federal government still recognizes them as a legitimate constituent base. Right? They're like, hey, these guys have been around for over 30 years. They're still, you know, they've been about uh, nonprofit, health and safety. If we have problems with tattooing, this is the organization at least we would look at. Mm-hmm. And so they allow the APT to sit on what's called the AFTO Body Art Committee. AFTO stands for the Association of Food and Drug Officials. And underneath it has a body art committee specifically dedicated to all things tattooing. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, body I, I read every That's one of their uh, Google Drive files. All their pamphlets yeah. went through everything on that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, pretty so interesting. I'll you're... post a link up on that one. It might be kind of cool for people to see the Bay. Yeah. Hey Bay. Um, there's a body art education alliance. What's that? Was it the body art education alliance specifically? The body, the BAEA is a <clears throat> another. It's like a. If you would imagine, it's like APT, BAEA, AFTO, Body Art Committee, and then this mm-hmm. committee then speaks to the FDA. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we have representation on the BAEA, and we have represent representation on the AFTO board mm-hmm. through the APT. And it's these representations where we're we're coming back to that uh, being able to add in and help. The government, right? Because uh, it's my understanding too. When this kicked off, like even the FDA was like, "What? <laughs> like what the hell happened? You know what? What just got passed? Shit! <laughs> Fuck! All right, we're gonna do what? Okay." Uh, was there any so, type of signaling at all about like when this stuff was passed? Because you're making it seem like it was just this big surprise. But I mean, there had to have been some thing. Is there something sneaky that was going on with this stuff? Or uh, no, that's a good question uh, yeah. because. You know, I'm I'm speaking from my perspective of like you know ignorantly and uh, bliss of just like what do you, what um, now this happening, but I mean for the past two decades tattooing has been continued to grow and be more popular. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier too. I mean, there's obviously through the millions and billions of people being tattooed, there's some issues that have arose here and there from a plethora of things, from yeah. infections to reactions and such. And the FDA keeps documentation of this, right? And there was a FDA agent at the time named John Mysock, who we still work with, who mm-hmm. was in charge of the body art realm. And it was in charge of getting this body art committee started, right? Mm-hmm. And they were starting to, you know, collect data, learn more about the body art industry and figure out how they can help move <clears throat> move forward in integrating it because it was uh, like anything, you know, it, it stowed a slow steady incline of people just continuing to collect a body art. Mm-hmm. And that's where they wanted to and and again for me opinionally uh, my opinion thankfully were like well how should we designate or where should we put tattooing? And thankfully, they know, like I said, they're putting in a realm of cosmetics because the reg- the requirements for cosmetics uh, 
are going to have more wiggle room than say a chemical or a pharmaceutical, right? You know, like there's, there's going to be just more of a, a, you know, it's, it's not considered something you require a medical license for. Uh, we, you know, we, I personally believe as a dad, tours probably do way better than a, a medical practitioner, but uh, there was that dialogue for the past two decades, especially the past decade of where they were like, well, you know, like um, there's been a cosmetic um, entity, uh, the regulators name, the legislators, the politicians names, last name was Feinstein. And they were starting this organization where they were trying to, you know, obviously pull cosmetics in and start regulating it because it hasn't had any sort of um, uh, regulative regulatory update, yeah, update since 1938. You know, yep. it's, and and you, you said it earlier, you know, like it's a 90 some billion dollar entity and they'd use all kinds of crap formaldehyde and, you know, well, I didn't say they use any of that stuff. I just said that's fucking. They make a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and throughout the process, they just don't know what they're doing, right? So this was like, well, we need to start paying attention to cosmetics, and and do something about it. And like I said, I know that the um, the politicians, uh, last name who started with Feinstein, was the one who kind of pushed this along. Mm-hmm. And tattooing and, and like signaling exactly who. I mean, that's still a mystery as to how tattooing fell into the back of this thousand page bill, right? Because it's literally in the back of a 998 page bill mm-hmm. right? where tattooing is now designated as a cosmetic. There's a specific uh, um, definition talking about anything that's inserted into the body mm-hmm. um, and is you know to last more than 24 hours. So essentially just saying tattooing or permanent cosmetics. Mm-hmm. So how it made its way in there exactly. I mean, it's, it could have just been a combination of the need to update cosmetics and tattooing being, you know, moving along the side of a cosmetic and then the explosion of tattooing and, you know, half of entire country populations are collecting tattoos. Yeah, I guess maybe it made sense. Uh, but as for like who exactly did it, you know, we, we don't have, I don't know. we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> think about when you said that, I think it's actually kind of interesting because we think about anything that's going to be permanent or last for more than 24 hours. This could have grave consequences for things like oncology and radiology. So, I mean, if we want to think about the people who could possibly be affected by this, and you probably would have a hat in it. I mean, this would be trillion dollars, you know, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. just the, you know, like $500 million that that tattooing is going on. So do we, in your opinion, do we deserve a voice here? Because it seems like the the client space of people who could be affected by this lack of regulation or push for maybe some control over it is going to be greater on one side than where we are. What's your opinion on that? Uh, uh, clarify that question a little bit because you mean like or, or should we be involved yeah. in helping well, these like, yeah. I, it's just like a lot of things like some some of the language that you use like you speak beautifully too dude like honestly like, some of the language you use it 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 feels like we, we should be panicked you know and mm. it, it like it's a call to action it's very very compelling um mm. but if we're looking just like tattooing in and of itself like it represents such a small portion of of what these regulations may touch on. Like, why is that important that we actually get mm-hmm. heard and seen? No, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh. No, I mean, again, how did this even happen? Uh, I don't know 100%. I mean, I have yeah. ideas on how it came to fruition. But we as an industry just had a major federal law placed upon us, right? You know, like it's going to improve things, which could potentially without it could, our... Right? With, it could. It yeah. could be really beneficial, 
um, if we're involved with it. Yeah. If we're not, we may end up with products that we don't want to use and it causes a lot of illegal activity. You know, the the immediate, and, and, and there's that level of work. Right. I'm not a sky is falling kind of person, but I'm just saying that there are some things that could negatively happen. I see it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I see it as a hurdle that's rose finally come to the point where we as an industry can actually rise to the occasion, do something about it. Mm-hmm. And and something we've been needing to do, I think, for a long time is to come together, right? To yeah. to unify ourselves so that way we can start to guide the future generations through some sort of trade organization and and you know, uh, uh not just about our regulation, but how on our education, you know, some yeah. of the hurdles you're facing in Oregon and how, you know, the, the, the discrepancies and issues there need to be rectified and, and, and solved. Yeah. It takes long, long, you know, it takes so much time there because there's going to be a small representation there. Imagine if there's, you know, an industry representation, mm-hmm. right? Not that it's going to make it exponentially quicker, but you'll get some traction. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is, like I said, this is, finally a call for us to, to to come together and be aware of this because we do have the opportunity through the APT, mm-hmm. the AFTO, and Body Art Committee to help them during the rule promulgation. Yeah. Because we talked about the statutes there, but now they're going to make rules and regulations off of that. Yeah. And we can stand there and be a part of that process. We can ensure that the things that they're putting into place makes sense for our industry mm-hmm. still with our clients health and safety is priority mm-hmm. but also and our health and safety priority but also you know uh making sure that we'll continue to operate the way that we need to to still be creative and and you know support our livelihoods right not have some sort of imposing regulations that don't make sense which is a potential and you, you work with that i mean there could be something that put upon us that's like that like that's completely, you know, um, disruptive to our our, our livelihood. Disruption. We just keep throwing that up. <laughs> well, because well, I mean, yeah. just because uh, this this is like, um, you know, the the important part why this is important. Why this is important is this just the first step? You know, like mm. I talked about the after body art committee, and that's affecting all of our products and pigments. But there's also sort of the way that we tattoo right? The process of which we tattoo. There's another organization called the National Environmental Health Association, and they have produced the Body Art Model Code. And mm-hmm. that too has been around for 15 years plus. And within it is a set of body art code or right? body art rules that states can you know pull from and utilize when they're trying to create regulations and, and statutes. Mm-hmm. And it's getting more and more comprehensive and more and more uh, apparent that the body art industry needs some sort of cohesive regulations, at least on a national scale. So that way there's not so much issues with um, municipalities and friction when you're you know, trying to regulate yourself throughout the, the country. I mean, you're aware if you travel anywhere, it's like going from Oregon to say Arizona, or I'm sorry, if you went from Arizona to Oregon, like you could be tattooing for 20 years, you go to Oregon, they're like, that's nice. Go back to being an apprentice, you know, because your, your regulations are totally different than ours. And so this body art model code is a potential for the upcoming future. Now I sit on that committee and I, I do, you know, have a hand in um, paying attention to what's being proposed and we're going through a rule hearing process. It's updated every couple of years, <clears throat> but there's a potential that one day they're like, okay, well now there's this new federal law, the, you know, the body art model code that's going to come through and establish a federal mandate for all the tattooing, which may or not may, may not be a bad thing depending on our participation in it. Well, and so there's a lot of maybes in that, right? Yeah, there's a well, lot of maybes. Saying. So that may happen. It may be bad. It may be this. So it's. I think it's just like that. The delivery on that needs to be very specific because I, I think that what you're saying is absolutely true. I think that we do mm-hmm. need to all work together to try to find something that's going to benefit not only us but our clients. But to worry about it ahead of time, 
and to come into it with guns fucking blazing, I believe is not going to lead to positive interactions with people in front of us. We can't, we're not going to be able to bully the federal government. No, 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 no. no. Uh, it's a, uh, there must be a uh, misinterpretation of, of what I'm saying and the energy is hmm. coming from it because I'm not saying guns blazing and we're going to have some sort of fight against the government. I don't, mm -hmm. Uh, as I said before, I'm not anti-government. No, um, I don't think that you are, I, right? It's just, I, I worry that some people may be listening to this and being like, shit, what's going to happen to me? You know, when realistically it should be what's going to happen to we, you know, like if we, if yeah. we all do work together and we work with science and our mm -hmm. clients and we all come together as one, it's three on one at that fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? No, that's There's a lot more going on. Yeah. So it's yeah, like having, no, having community involvement, having mm -hmm. science to back up why we're saying what we're saying, and then being able to give an industry perspective about why it's important, I think is yeah. like the easiest way to get this through it, right? And I, I just want to make sure like from the top, I, I know you feel that way, but mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that anyone else who may be listening, who may be like, mm -hmm. fucking yeah, pew, 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 you know, fucking Yosemite <laughs> Sam in this shit. This is like, oh, just fucking chill out. Like, this is all yeah. about collaboration. It's not about yes. independence and trying to like come forward and you can't take our jobs and shit. No, 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 no. It's like, oh, this is no, going no. to happen no matter what. It has yeah, happened. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> yeah, no. You will be and, subject and I, to this. And, and that's, and you're, I mean, you're saying right there. I mean, it's happened and we're going to be subject to it. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we pay attention to it and to come together mm -hmm. and start to educate people on what's going on. And I'm, when I say come together, it's a practitioner. It's the, the, the tattoo enthusiast, our clients, the people mm -hmm. who have tattooings, uh, in, you know, positive intention for tattooing. This includes scientists. This includes dermatologists. This includes actual government entities as well. Yeah. I mean, we're working also with compliance advisors and such. The APT has formed the APT Pigment Committee, where, again, mm -hmm. we formed everyone I just mentioned. And we're coming together and collaborating on how we can provide information for the FDA and and same thing is going to involve the manufacturers as well. And it, it's just, you're a tattooer, you know how it is, you know, like if, if there's no sort of like, Hey man, like there's, there's something come down the way it'll affect us eventually, but you know, it'll happen. They're like, ah, cool, whatever. You know, like we'll just go back to life, but we need to realize that it is important enough just to pay attention. And, and that's why I'm here. Just say that something's happened and it's going to affect us all. Yep. And that we do have an opportunity to come together and we have an opportunity to do something. And that's first joining the APT. I mean, that's it's a trade organization that's recognized by the federal government. It's mm -hmm. been around for decades. Its intentions are for tattooing. <clears throat> so it's it's the practitioner's um organization that's got the practitioner's interest in mind. Yeah. Uh, how how has enrollment been since you've been involved? Since I've been involved, we've had over 80 new members. Okay. <clears throat> So, I mean, we, that's, that's great. We could mm -hmm. definitely use a thousand more. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. You know, the, the way going back to that first statement about when the committee chair, you know, asked if there was support for my bill in the state of New Mexico, they're going to say the same thing when we're saying, Hey, we need to, we need to make like that particular rule needs to go this play. Well, well, does the industry agree? And we need the industry to collectively stand up and say, yes, this is, this is what we agree upon. And we can do that, you know, obviously yeah. digitally nowadays, but yeah. But How, what do we do if the industry doesn't important. agree? Well, I mean, that's that's the point of having an entity to, to discuss this, mm -hmm. right? So there's the Body Art Regulation Support System. And this is a, an online platform on Discord, where it's basically just a community of 
right now, I mean, there's over 300 members of people who are proactive, right? People who care about the industry and are, are uh, early adopters trying to find out more information and be involved. And this is where we can have those collective conversations and figure out what's going on and figure out what they do approve of and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, be able to educate them, answer questions, um, get their feedback. And, and, and again, you know, if there's a, um, a conflict, be able to just discern where it's at and be able to help with that. Yeah. We're not saying and if then, you don't join the discord that you don't care either. Right. Like this is just people uh, who have a passion yeah. for it and like to share it in a community sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, there's gonna be members that'll, I mean, everyone's welcome to join. There's, there's no charge or whatnot, but there's always, you know, being a member of it. And then you get an alert about something's going on. At least it keep you aware. Right. Yeah. As opposed how, much to is, like, uh, how much is the APT membership? If you're a professional tattooer for uh, three plus years, 150 a year. Okay. And associates uh, seventy five, okay. and then there's corporate sponsorships and things like that. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure maybe you could throw a link in the the description yeah, if, if you want me to. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's smart for people to kind of organize. My 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 biggest issue right now is that there's been such an isolation um, inside the industry where we're not out and doing stuff. Like, there's so many fucking conventions now. Like there's two yeah. every fucking week everywhere you go. There's no. Mm -hmm. And when you go, everyone's just trying to win an award, which is not hard to fucking do, so that you can say, I'm an award-winning artist, which everyone now is an award-winning artist, which is cool, but, like, we actually have a, a, a thread going with me and my buddies where one guy, he's just, he's flabbergasted about some of these awards that, like, best in the day had taken at these small regional spaces, and I'm like, it's a regional tattoo convention. He's like, yeah, but the clients don't know that. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's one I could send it to you. It's rough. I was like, dang, that one fucking must have floated by. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it, right? But like, I, I just, I, I think that when we come together, it's we need to really think about how this is going to affect not not us. This has to affect the next ten to fifteen years. It's like be mm -hmm. forward thinking as much as possible, right. and mm -hmm. it, it would be. I guess a, a, an act of hubris, in my opinion, if we're like, we shouldn't do something because it's going to affect me. When we find out 15 years down the road, like, shit, we should have done something, right? Because mm -hmm. hindsight is going to be 2020 with this stuff. And um, I think that we should all be able to identify what we're good at and stick with it and then utilize that experience to try and influence, help, educate, attain, do whatever, like across the fucking board to make sure we can do something positive moving forward. I'm still yeah, yeah. I'm just some fucking yeah. d bag in a goddamn office. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. I mean, it, it, no, I mean, it, it's uh, a good conversation because you definitely brought up certain things that people ask, you know, like yeah. and and people are aware of, and and it also helps me as a public speaker be able to identify where the message may be or maybe not being um being digested in a way that makes mm -hmm. make sense. Because there's a difference between, you know, you and I have been tattooing for several decades, right? Yeah. Versus some of the younger tattooers. They're not from the same, they're not cut from the same cloth, right? They're, they're, they're some of them are more fucking educated. way better than us. Jesus Christ. Oh, right <laughs> out the gate. Man, I got, I got tattooers and tattooing three years blown me away, man. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and it's, it's amazing. But mm -hmm. they, you know, like, the, you know, they're not the generation that would know how to go underground, right? Most no. of them, of course, my, my, our apprentices do know how, but. Most don't know how to make machines, know how to make needles, don't how to make pigment, you know, don't have to talk to people and actually shake their hand and, and be able to do a little bit of everything. Right. You know, like it's a whole new generation and it's not bad. It's actually, you know, it's moving the industry in a way that it's just we're doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. And because of that isolation, just like you talked about practitioners going right from school 
and into a private studio. They don't have a mentor. They don't have anyone to tell them about, first off, you know, uh, where they range and, and quality <laughs> and skill. Right? Your line works shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you got to eat that a little bit to sometimes learn. Sometimes you, you know? do. Yeah. And then also like, you know, what products are good and you should use and you trust, right? You know, that's yeah. again, something we need to have a conversation oh, about. Dude, I get but, so many emails, text messages, calls, I mean, about what's safe and what's not. And I'm like, I can't tell you what's safe mm-hmm. or what's not. Like, I can't, I don't know. One, I don't know what's in the fucking bottles because every major mm-hmm. manufacturer in the United States changed their labeling in the last year and a half to remove anything. Now it's proprietary formulas, which is terrifying to me mm-hmm. because as long as it's not which, adulterated, right, or modified, mm-hmm. They can put whatever they want in there. That's that's scary. That's scary. sure, sure. Yeah. And and that's why you know, like I said, it's that's that's happened because of this spreading out. Mm-hmm. But also, I see because of this spreading out, there's that natural human desire. We're gonna go back to the natural human desires. Of, yeah. We do want to belong, right? Yeah. We do want to belong to a group and people. Mm-hmm. And so, this new generation are obviously becoming more tech savvy, more connected, right? They want to connect. And I feel like there's that level of like, well, I want to be professional. I want to have a, a, a professional license on my wall. I want to use products that I'm, I'm, I'm confident in. And I want to have a great career. Mm-hmm. So the tattoo industry is, I believe, priming itself to be able to want to have that unification, right? You have that that unified uh, solidarity where we can bring all of our differences together and hash those out. Mm-hmm. And instead of clicking off, Yep. Just being little satellites actually have this umbrella that we can start to have this, uh, you know, a vehicle to move forward with. Because this is what it's all about, right? It's not us. Like we're, we're I mean, what, we got another 10, 20 years, you know? And <laughs> maybe. Maybe, you know, where, where our careers have been great and our lives have been great. It's about what we're going to leave. Uh, what are we going to leave the next generation? Yep. You know, yep. what are we going to leave them? What are they going to do moving mm-hmm. forward? And that's what, you know, what it's all about. And I, like I said, I feel like we are in that prime space. And and I hope that this conversation has kind of lent to that, you know, yeah. that um, there, there's something happened. You know, it's not an idea. It's not a concern. It's something happened. A federal law happened. And it has now going to affect us. And it can mm-hmm. affect us in a very negative way. And it can affect us in a very positive way. And we have the opportunity to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I believe we're primed in this space and place with the right people uh that we could really make a positive change and leave the industry better than when we came to it absolutely so i i took down some notes i went back and i like seen one of these um which we can go over if you want to i mean i can always talk about it uh solo and stuff but um i was just thinking of some pros and cons about some of the potential regulations and i don't i'd love to get your opinion on it like just you know because I try to think about stuff from both sides of the fence when I'm when I'm trying to define my opinion on things. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, it has to happen way more fucking often because I'm fucking I have no idea. You know, I'm driving and now I'm like, maybe that person's having a bad day and that's why they're waving a gun at me. You know, like I don't I'm just like trying to <laughs> trying to be chill. We figure we can go over that and then we do something at the end of the show. Most of the shows where we just do something stupid just to kind of lighten the mood okay. and just fucking have off. So I have I sat up last night. And I came up with with three ideas. You can pick these out of here, and I'll let you see what you want. So I've got we can both read cheesy pickup lines, which I think would be fucking hilarious. Uh, we have a, a would you rather, so you get to choose A or B, um, or we can read some Mitch Hedberg jokes, which I think is fun as well. <laughs> oh, that's funny. My, my daughter's notorious about this would you rather kind of thing. Uh, she throws out crazy shit, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want me to read a, a cheesy pickup line with my uh, 
late night radio voice. I'd have to do that. <laughs> I was thinking that would be a great job, Ben. Let's see what we can do today. <laughs> All right. So uh, some of the ideas I was going around with the pros and cons of regulation, right? Are you cool talking about that? Is that fine? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, and and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I'm thinking like so for a pro. Um, we have like a, a, there would be a national baseline for safe manufacturing and distribution, right? If the, if this regulation were just to go through without blah, 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 like that would be kind of cool to see because if we know what's in it, how it's being shipped and we can confirm exactly like what the hell is going on with this stuff, it's going to narrow hopefully down the products that we can use. I know that's a slippery slope because if we can't have any pigment like chemicals in it, because they may or may not be safe then it's going to limit our supply. But at least knowing where we're going to start from creates a space where we can go up or down. Agree? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, well, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned the, the national baseline. And that's going to be, going back to that word, safety substantiation, right? Mm -hmm. That's the 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 foundation that Mokra needs to establish mm -hmm. is what is that what does that look like? So if, if you think about it, you know, we're, we're talking about ingredients in our, in our pigments. Now there's very similar ingredients in our pigments. That's in our tunnel gel tabs, right. In our food, right. A lot Plus of titanium are, dioxide, right. And yeah, some of the food It's in the bread and milk and, and chocolate and candies. I mean, it's, it's a preservative, in which is crazy. Yeah. We know nothing but, about uh, it properly, which is terrifying to me. I don't know. <laughs> on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. And, 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 the word that we need to really always um, kind of identify is that we talk about safe and we talk about low level of risk, right? You know, mm -hmm. what our body can tolerate. And I think that's, that's where we have to look, but the safety substantiation is something that needs to be employed or it need to be employed across the board. And we need to be involved with that. And we can, and I mentioned the, you know, the body art committee through AFTO, that's what they want us to work on is kind of help as an industry share what we specialists, those who utilize those products in conjunction with manufacturers and chemists and scientists, not just us tattooers, right? Mm -hmm. But connecting with all these people who have the 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 right mindset to help create these safety substantiation step substantiation protocols in conjunction with good manufacturing processes, mm -hmm. uh lot number and recall process being improved and, and full transparent there's ingredients list. Fucking nothing with that right now. Like I don't think people actually get that. Everything is voluntary. So like the, the it, modeling it, right. for a lot of this stuff is actually going to be taken off the NHST, or NHTSA, the Highway and Transportation Safety Act, where like if you think about a vehicle recall, right, mm -hmm. there, there's a reporting that happens with each one of the manufacturers of cars. They send in this information. The government deems it just a great health and public benefit. They issue a recall. But the companies that do the reporting still have to say and do something on their side. And it can take years for the shit to happen. You can look at the Takata airbags, right? Where they knew right from the start that this stuff is not safe. It's not like the largest recall, I think, in history or whatever. And it took them time to report it. Once the reporting was done, then a recall was issued. And then it took time to roll that out as well. So there's, there's still issues potentially on both sides of this. But it's also good because if there's a recall over something that's not really that big of a deal, but they're doing everything, that could contract the fucking industry quite severely, right? You can look at some sure. of the 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 fucking what was the the pads the NHTSA or whatever where they had the 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 floor runners underneath the feet you know are getting stuck on the gas pedal and people are like oh Jesus. pull them back I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> take them into the dealership and they just went snip snip and just cut out the section uh, like oh you're good now <laughs> yeah yeah I mean uh, you know if man you I mean you're you're touching on how it could be. You know, uh, the unseen things that could yeah. potentially be an issue, right? And and again, I mean, uh, 
I, I agree that they're having some sort of national baseline or some mm-hmm. sort of standardized safety substantiation uh, processes. It's just going to be important that we're going to build and there are going to be hurdles. There's going to be pros and cons. There's going to be, you know, things we have to fix over time. But again, we're looking at generation next, right? Yeah. You know, like how are we going to provide these things so that the next generations have finally, you know, like we've worked through all these bugs to so at least have mm-hmm. something that's, it's got a, a strong baseline. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, and that, again, that's why it's so, um, I feel like it's so important for the 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 industry to come together under the APT or or some organization that because the government will say okay cool you've created us this these guidelines you know do you have representation by your industry and it's going to be so much more beneficial if we can be like yeah we got you know ten thousand strong mm-hmm. this is our industry well one of the things I think that uh, a lot of people don't touch on is the fact that like if like when this goes through there's going to be mm-hmm. mandatory allergen labeling on all products. They're going to have to be able to put in there the stuff that you may be allergic to. Now, if we know anything about the past, you can have a reaction to any fucking color that's out there. But I'm wondering what the labeling okay. is going to have to be. If they put this out there, are they just going to put may cause allergic reactions? Or if they're actually going to have to define each one of the chemicals? I didn't see anything that was in there, you know, which. And, and that uh, I there's like this, the product labeling act i don't have uh, the exact name in yeah, yeah. front of me i mean there's i mean i'm sure you, you we could probably find it on the fda website but that does have some of those parameters that's going to mm-hmm. delineate exactly how it's going to be labeled out and, and mm-hmm. what specifically is going to go on there so <clears throat> as of right now <clears throat> they don't have anything you know as of no. right now it's just um you know we haven't started to roll that out so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you're right yeah, we'll, we'll see what that looks like um mm-hmm. again uh, this is going to start as early as 2024. Yeah. I mean, that's when the, the rule promulgation process is going to start. And that's where they're going to say, hey, this is what we want to be on your labels. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to go like, okay, that's good. Or I don't think so. We should enter, you know, insert our opinion thing. So yeah, so yeah you're right. I mean, it's, it's just uh, something that we're going to be navigating when it comes. Yeah. And people should know as well. It's not going to be like the fucking midnight stroke of new year that this is going to happen. It takes years for regulations to actually get pushed through for these rules to be adopted, amended, re-fucking discussed, blah, 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 blah. So you can be looking at least like if they do start doing this, it's going to take three to five years before any effects are going to actually happen. Yeah. I've been told two to three, but you know, that's being, that's being a, um, um, We'll, we'll just say about three because we both fucking pushed. There we go. <laughs> we'll aim for yeah. three, middle ground. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know that the the one of the biggest hurdles uh, is like always when you say three years to a tattoo, you're like ah, sweet, cool, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you I'm good. A sense of urgency coming together. Yeah, because if you're not actually talking with people who are trying to get educated about what's going on, or staying aware of what's going on, then shit will pass. But like I, all of us know, as soon as you should get booked, six months disappears. You look up, you're like, fuck, it's winter. What the hell happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, fucking yeah, no. And that's, you know, not to, you know, that's where I go back to that body art regulation support system is it's a way for you to just, you know, basically have a, have an alert while you're tattooing, you're focused on that and then ding, ding, ding petition. What's going on? You know, like no. that's the purpose of that is, is trying to help the, the working tattooers because we don't have always time to be walking around with pickets and, and, and uh, petitioning, you know, there's people that want to do that, but for the most part, it's just for us to still go about our daily lives, but have some sort of awareness in our peripheral. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> That's a fucking Mitch Hedberg sign. Like I don't support picketing, but I have no way to express how I don't like it. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so on some of the cons here, which I won't go over the full list of the pros that I have, I think that we just kind of touched on all of them anyways, but um, the con with regulations or any type of products that are going on here, if we're going to, we're going to speak from a federal level, is that sometimes they can be easily influenced by outside special interests. 
Take for the uh, case of the lobbying that was done by different industry magnets inside of tattooing, um, different coalitions that have taken place uh, since 2019 who have sent people to Washington to speak against regulations, um, who have also stated prominently that they want to keep science out of tattooing in general. They have a mm -hmm. lot of influence over what may be done, what may be sold, or how things are going to be innovated. And I think that that is dangerous if we leave it just to a single person or group that only represents a single aspect of the industry when like mm -hmm. the APT seems to be just about collaboration with everyone. So, yeah, you know, um, yeah, yeah no, uh, well, speaking of that, I mean, just the difference between, yeah, and, and a single entity or a single, you know, communist type, uh, leadership versus <laughs> a democracy, you know, there's uh, a, a board of, of APT members that represents, you know, all the many facets of body artists yeah. is definitely important. Um, you know, as for, uh special interests i mean i again what how'd this even happen you know like like how did how did tattooing really get pushed in with a mokra was there a special interest there could be potentially like we we don't know that right um i know during the last uh at least five years because five years ago i went to a explorer tattoo conference and they were uh liz cook and a few others were flying back and forth from dc um, looking at something that was similar to the Mokra before it became the Mokra, right? Mm -hmm. And they were already starting to try to educate the the um, the regulators about what was going on. And a lot of them were kind of like, really? I didn't know. I didn't know this was happening. Um, you know, where, is there a health crisis? Like, I don't understand. And, you know, so they're, they're obviously with some um, stuff churning, right? Mm -hmm. Enough to where they're like, well, I guess we're going to do something. So, um, I mean, if you, if you do know of an organization that's got special interests that's starting to do this and take science out of tattooing, please let me know so we can have a look at them. <laughs> yeah. I got some screenshots. Um, I won't mention their name because we don't do names on this show. <laughs> I can tell you about it, it to afterwards. me afterwards. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another con I have uh, listed out here, short-sighted efforts often relax once measures have passed with little to no reporting of the effect afterwards. So if we do pass something and we have rules that are in place to do an, uh, a look back analysis, industry reporting, and have comment section so we can see what's happened to it mm -hmm. after something is passed, it would be really important for that to happen. We're actually trying to put that in in here now, and it's I've had steady kickback, um, even being like on the board, that they don't want to have this revisiting of old previous issues like it's this mm -hmm. is done we need to move on we've got more work to do but it seems like if we could have uh in a year or two year we can see what's happened to the industry if some of these things have happened run it let the data come up and we can get like public feedback industry feedback and see how science has evolved and if it needs to change and be modified that would be really fucking important yeah what do you think oh yeah, yeah. no 100 i mean um ever since this happened and i've been kind of release and that's why I feel positive about the industry because a lot of people reach out and they have surprisingly random stuff that's going on in the industry that they're bringing to me right mm -hmm. you know not just about you know reporting about past stuff of course people and their issues with individual uh, regulations in their uh, specific areas but even learning about how like and again I won't say names <clears throat> and I won't say specifics but how some Thank major you. tattoo <laughs> some major tattoo companies are enlisting um um out of country tattoo artists applying, you know, um, helping them get their green card and then using their green card to basically keep them at their shop, right? Yep. You know, and it's almost like um, uh, some sort of uh, indentured servants. That happened to me for three really? years. Really? Yep. Uh, in another country? Yep. 
Does it say you from somewhere else? <laughs> no, I'm from here. Yeah, no, it happened yeah, to me. Yeah. I was held against my will for three years. Somebody tried to leave. They tried to kill me. That's terrifying. And and those are the type of things that never heard about. But the per particular <laughs> persons who brought that to my attention would love to bring this to the APT and make this um, well-known yeah. and actually something that we could do some about. Mm -hmm. So I definitely, I mean, there's there's been so many people that have skills and abilities and, and things they like to do that some of us would not want to do, like doing MSDS research or somebody who would love, love that to archive all of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're uh, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, yeah, people that would love to be able to archive and database everything and then also do research on, on ongoing benefits or ongoing um, um, actions and evolutions of our rules and regulations. <clears throat> that's the goal is like the APT, what it looks like as it was 30 years ago and what it is today, you know, the vision is to be something that's, you know, for the future right you know actually something that's that's relevant that's agile that's tech savvy that's well staffed that's that's got our interests in mind and it's got a like i said a, a democratic diplomatic uh type of entity to it where everybody's involved and aware and there's going to be multiple uh you know um uh avenues or channels or or, or multiple um departments right mm -hmm. they're going to handle all these things so no 100 mm -hmm. it would be great to have that that way you know it's that old saying right <laughs> If you don't know where you came from, you don't study your history, you're doomed to repeat yourself. Yeah. So it's going to be important that we know what happened so we know we don't do it again. Right? Yeah, dude, totally. Um, so I got two more here. Um, one of them is uh, overt compliance with this new uh, regulation that comes out uh, ensures protection from major liability if a problem does occur. So if people, because what happens is this is going to isolate um, the regulations on a federal level, which the states are still going to be able to do their own things. But because there's separation there, if there is a large scale thing that is bad, these companies that are producing things that may be used in tattooing are going to be isolated to individual pockets of lawsuits or other type of uh, actions against them based on a state level. So it's going to remove the federal government from any type of uh, interaction with that stuff legally. But it is going to empower states to do this. So the states that have more regulation will have more control over this, while the states that have less will have less consumer protection. Do you think that's a con or do you think that's a pro? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, as a not coming from the legal world, that you know, there could be um I couldn't completely, you know, need to, to break that down to completely understand the problem, be able to find the pros and cons out of it. I will say that I do know that uh, you labeled or you met, did mention within the actual MOCRA bill, it does state that a, a, a individual municipalities can can have their own regulations and they can add to them and they be, can become more strict. But they just can't supersede or go them. less than. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so in that sense, yeah, I mean, it, that could be a case by case situation. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would have to just the same thing as like, we don't know, like, what would that situation look like and how would that really play out? Um, yeah, I, I think, think we can too see that right now, just with all the stuff that's going on, the federal government and the, you know, judiciary and stuff is like really starting to empower states more, which we can be a pro, mm -hmm. you know, against that. But you can see yeah. how the landscape is so polarized now. I think yeah. that we'll probably see that with the same type of regulations, personally, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, our, our regulations are so wild, you know, like, you know, you're involved. I mean, you, like, some states have little to none, right? Yeah, or Washington you're, you're State is like the Wild West. You pay yeah. 350 yeah. and take a BBP course online. It's a one-year one, too, on the $15 ones. You're licensed professional yeah. tattooer. No requirements yeah. for apprenticeship, nothing. 
and and you know my my response to that because i get that a lot yeah you know and on multiple <laughs> levels like it's horrible we need to you know but there's that concern like well we need to get more you know regulations he's like no we don't we need to as an industry educate people more you know mm-hmm. like we need to like my opinion is to start educating the clients on not just like look for a license but look for you know non-poor services they're using hospital grade disinfectant that they're able to you know rattle off the type of training they've had and they're you know i mean like be able to arm the clients Engage. and arm the yeah. yeah so that way they're like hey and that way you know it 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 kind of uh it'll it'll bear us out in the adaptation from the outside yeah. in absolutely yes yeah yeah that's how i've been thinking about all my stuff i've been doing too i stopped trying to teach tattooers too much i mean it's there if they want it but when uh mm-hmm. i do lectures on aftercare and wound healing because i'll i teach dermatologists Ooh. and shit about tattoo wounds and wound care awesome. and trying to teach a tattooer though is like trying to teach dog to fucking whistle you're like nope, <laughs> nope. My shit works. You're a fucking idiot. Oh, it's fine. Oh, bro. Oh, golly. Oh, real, real, real quick, I just want to say this. I was at a, a skin course at the Sturbridge Tattoo Convention because you have to take it if you're brand new there. Oh. And I'm sitting there. We're getting ready to listen to the skin course, and the guy next to me is like, "Ah, oh, bro, I'm gonna take this STD course." You know, like, like totally <laughs> fucking like STD, bro. Like, where the hell do you think you are? You know, like, he wore sunglasses and just did this the whole time. Yeah, you know, so. but, dude, but yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's funny. <laughs> Um, yeah. what's one that I have here? Okay. Yeah. The, the last one I want to say was, um, as a con with this stuff is, uh, the more regulations cost to implement over producers increases the lack of, um, competition on the free market. So what's going to happen mm-hmm. is the high cost of entry is going to push aside small producers and it's only yeah. going to benefit a few that can actually face the regulations. And that's 100%. a potential. That is definitely an issue that I would love to, to help navigate away from because uh, personally like um I'm I I'm a black and gray guy and I really like um a particular uh black and gray manufacturer mm-hmm. who's uh, a really great organization and they're they're not a small manufacturing company but they're not a big one right mm-hmm. you know they kind of fall somewhere in between and you're right i mean the it'll get to the point like if you're not generating over 10 million dollars in profit per year this will this will greatly affect you, no, you and um, especially if you're lumped in with cosmetic companies and we can see that thing where there's like 90 billion dollars versus 300 yeah. million i mean there's there's a big tipping point there right yeah, yeah. I mean, and and already we know that like our major ink manufacturing companies have been bought out by large corporate entities, right? You yep. know, so the so their their pocketbook is way different than than the average um, corporation. So, I mean that that is a real issue that I would love to to navigate away from, and and that's where it comes back to us as practitioners working with scientists, working with uh, regulators, working with um, everyone that's in the peripheral that has the, the industry's interest in mind is to be able to work to safeguard that from happening, you know, like be able to arm these middle level, you know, those who are willing to do it because don't get me wrong, we, we don't want the, you know, the kitchen magicians to still survive. We want the people who are still going about it legitimately. Mm-hmm. They don't have the the millions and millions, but they've got a million right? yeah. <laughs> or, you know, enough to, to still supply us other options. We'd love to be involved with that process to allow them to continue to operate mm-hmm. and arm them with the skills, the knowledge, and um, you know uh, the the processes that they need, so they can supply what the FDA needs, so they can continue to operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great but if the submission period is actually going to just be free, you know, instead of like trying to tack on a bunch of fees for stuff. I mean, there's there's a few uh, governmental regulations and inspection agencies that just do stuff to do stuff, and they're funded by taxpayer dollars, which it's smart, you know. Um, my yeah. worry would be if this is new that, that maybe it's a fucking money grab. I mean, the country is not doing well financially. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I noticed I looked at I did my taxes uh, like a two weeks ago or something. I was looking at them like, man, they fucking sure didn't change the deductions this year. <laughs> oh my god! Right? Uh, <laughs> I was like, fuck, I owe a lot of money. <laughs> that's, tell me about it, man. That still hurts. No, I did mine a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Definitely, that is a that is a real and yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. That's a real potential. But um, again, man, again, if we not to you know not it's again not trying to be like ah, but we yeah. do like it's important that we come together so we can have these conversations. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just left in the back burner and someone gets screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's some other stuff that's on here. I had some some stuff from the Center for Economic Development on legislation and partisanship inside the government, which you don't have to get into that. I don't have to get into any of this other stuff. I think that I think that's good. People can make up their fucking minds. I'm not pushing i am pushing my agenda just because i think that not a lot of people i've met agree with how i'm approaching things so i just i just fucking talk anyways um the clients seem to like it i'm just like fucking a you know and uh i don't know i think what you said all fucking makes sense too dude you're really well spoken you're just like a fucking you're a good speaker. Well, you're like job public speaker. I'm like, well, fucking no shit. I guess that makes sense, right? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why, man. It's something I really enjoy doing, so I do uh, appreciate that, and I'm glad that um, you know what I'm saying. Like I said, is is making some sense, and and you know, at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, people are going to make up their own opinion, yeah. and you know, truly, at, again, at the end of the day, without our clients, we're nothing, right? Without our clients, we have no canvas. So it's about keeping their health and safety as a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to the detriment of where we can't provide them with the service that they want and that we can do the best with. So it's this, this constant kind of balancing between them all. And, and again, because we've been so disbanded for so long, there's things that have come about and, and it's taken advantage of us. And, and I'm not saying the government's taken advantage, but they definitely stepped in and put stuff in place that doesn't need to be there. Um, corporations have come along and, and are taking advantage of us. Media has come along and taking advantage of us because, you know, we're, we're, again, we're just, they're, they're pitting us against us, us. And in any sort of, mischievous negative ways just happened it rolled well, out the way. fucking media can get fucked i mean they just everything yeah. is click-based ads now like literally yeah. there's mm-hmm. the, the way that media is set up now especially if you work with like sem and seo and you know any type of that shit mm-hmm. you see that like the only way that these companies make money is not through really subscriptions but it's through you going to a web page because you chose it over the myriad of others and if you go there, they'll make six cents or something especially if you stay on page for whatever and click a link or some shit and like they fucking cannot survive <laughs> yeah. unless they oh, yeah. write I mean, inflammatory articles. They're like a fucking lion in a corner that's dying. It's dangerous as fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's, uh, uh, there's been well documentation of that. <laughs> there's plenty of TEDx talking about that, how the news is not news, right? It's no. really, it's just clickbait. It and, and, and it, and it has caused, um, oh, it's, he's big and it's caused uh, <laughs> a plethora of, of, of the issues. And, and again, now's the time for us to, to add our own clickbait where it's like hey uh it's time for all that to go away and it's time for us to come together right? and, right. and that's you know, that's that's gonna always be my mantra right it's, yeah it's time for the tattoo artist to unite okay so i'll take the first get one cheesy pickup lines. so right. yeah it's time for cheesy pickup lines with ben shaw from the apt uh <laughs> i'll take the first one here if you were a taser you'd be set to stun <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If you were, right. this was cool. I could, I, I used to be able to do the the cool transformer. If you were a transformer, 
you'd be Optimus Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see Ooh. the idea with this. When we were getting these. Is just like, can you just imagine somebody just looking at you and going, "Jesus!" <laughs> I said one. I didn't put it on here because like we'd have to do a video format. But I yeah. did it with my wife. I was like, "Hey, did you drop something?" I was like pointing to the floor, and she goes, "What?" And I say, "Oh, your standards." And uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Anyways. Um, okay, next one here. Are you from Ireland? Because my dick's a Dublin. <laughs> oh, that's a good slap in the face. <laughs> uh, uh, <all> right. <clears throat> Baby, if you were words on a page, you'd be fine print. <laughs> so uh, shitty. <laughs> How come I'm getting all the fucking nasty ones here? I may not be a window <laughs> repairman, but I can still fill in your cracks. <laughs> oh. Disgusting. Oh, I'm just like... Oh. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's going to use these. All right, let's see. This is just like a blatant statement. <laughs> yeah. My bedroom has an interesting ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> come check it out. <laughs> Uh, 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 was your father a mechanic because you have a finely tuned body <laughs> body <laughs> last one here this bench yeah. uh, well, right, I, I, I get the I get the cool <laughs> one right, right. <clears throat> right. do you like chicken well I'm fresh out of hens how about some cock <laughs> <laughs> That's it for our show today. If you like the show, go ahead and like, subscribe, leave a review on any of the podcast players that you use. Um, that really helps us out. I think we broke like the top 25 in about four different major things last week, which is pretty freaking cool. So thank you to everyone who's left a review. Um, yeah, and if you want to support the show, head over to the Buy Me a Coffee link that's uh, listed down in the show description. You can just give us money. We're going to have some of the fancy stuff later in the year to... Uh, like for subscribers and stuff but just now just why don't you donate show us that you care something i don't know you don't have to this is a pay what you want type of platform we don't really give a shit but anyways uh next week we've got some other stuff going on i've got three really complex edits that i've got to do um from stuff that's booked and we're trying to have a couple other big names come on so uh i hope that you guys enjoyed the show and uh we'll talk to you again next week thanks for listening